All right, everybody, it's Scooter here. I'm very proud to present our ongoing, episodically modular, serialized, barely serialized series, Otter Things. And due to a magical hostess, uh, we're able to present the show in almost any order. Or not, like, well, in the order you're listening to it in. So... This is actually the first episode you may be hearing, or maybe the ninth. Uh, and if it's the first episode you're hearing, you can catch up or you can move forward because you are so safe. All will be well in the hands of Emma Otter, our hostess. Uh, this is a show about uh, odd things and otters, friendship and family, uh, adventure and uh, discovery. And it's called Otter Things. And I'm going to turn it over to our hostess, Emma Otter. Uh, Hey, everybody. This is Emma Otter here. And I'm just uh, recording. And I don't know. I want you to know all will be well. I start off my radio show. Now, this isn't a live radio show. I'm recording it to be broadcast at another time. Audio journal and audio report. I'm Emma Otter. And this is a tale of some odd things that happened where I live. I live in a place, uh, the, the swamp, a part of a greater swamp area. And our little part of the swamp is surrounded by swamp on three sides. And on one side, there's a road and a place beyond the swamp where no one is supposed to go. Though we've learned that people do work on the other side of that and stuff. But we're still not, as regular swamp dwellers, not supposed to go there. Uh, that's the Bog Walk and Visitor Center. And it's separated from our community by a road uh, where strange vehicles can pass uh, from time to time. And uh, so that so we're surrounded, we're a town, a uh, community, really, a community of uh, swamp, uh, swamp beings, uh, swamp-based beings, SBBs. You know, otters, uh, beavers, uh, weasels, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of members are frogs, uh, friends, I, I like to call them, and it could be particularly my best friends, uh, uh, let's see, we have, uh, Willow, uh, who is a beaver, uh, we have, um, my brother Tefe, who's an otter, my family, of course, uh, my friends, uh, LJ and Vaughn. And uh, those, so those are my friends. We play a game, a role-playing game called Bards and Big Bunnies. We also record radio uh, radio plays uh, in our spare time. And uh, the, like that, we were living a normal life, middle school kids. I got an older brother. Willow also has an older sister, Dari. She lives with her mom, Frances. And, you know, we lived our life. We, you know, we dealt with uh, kids that weren't nice to us and kids that were teachers we liked and teachers we didn't like. And then one day, it was a Sunday night, and we were playing Bards and Big Bunnies, our role-playing game. And we finished up, and everybody headed home. But Willow took a path less taken, and she went uh, to a place beyond the swamp where we're still not exactly sure where she is. But as you know, because I've told you, and I'll tell you again, all will be well. 
So no need to worry. This is just a recounting of the odd things that happened that led us back to the place where all will be well. And as far as we could tell, uh, she became uh, a plaything of a big bunny with goose with goose features, possibly, in a place beyond or underneath the swamp, or both, uh, and was placed in a crib and sang to with some sort of hypnotic magical spell by this big bunny that makes you sleep and relax. But we didn't know that, uh, and we still don't know all the details. We're still uncovering it. But that's, you know, that's odd. You might say, well, that's the oddest thing I've ever heard. Oh, just wait. Uh, because we thought, uh, well, first we thought, where was Emma? Maybe she, she, you know, she took the path less taken or the road less taken. We hope she's not on the road. And we looked for her, as friends know, are known to do. But then we were told by the authority figures beyond our town that Emma had left and moved to the city and started her career as a musician. And she had already achieved success and put out an album, and mostly her album was goofing on us and her, our town. And so we said, well, I guess we weren't as good friends with Emma. We said, that's odd, very odd, not Emma's character and of course, we were disappointed too because we said we thought we were friends. And but but so, I don't know. There's something at the pit of our stomach. At the same time, we had found another friend named Billy, a duck-billed beaver named Billy. And Billy had actually come from the place beyond the swamp, the visitor center, which below it is a bunch of uh, places where they do tests and and and. Uh, Greater Swamp Authority conducts experiments and things, but all will be well. And Billy actually had either superpowers, magical powers, or enhanced the human abilities, uh, particularly when she would throat sing or sing, and she could do things like uh, uh, pump up the jam. She could pump up something with jam or with air. If if she sang the throat song, pump uh, pump it up or anything like that, or jump, uh, she never did this uh, that I know of. But uh, if she sang any of the songs known as jump uh, that were popular in the eighties, you know we're in the nineties now. Uh, she would uh, like uh, you would jump probably like up in the air, or for my love, jump in. Or jump, jump, might as well jump. So she had powers, and she was also trying to, she was on a journey of discovery. She had left, uh, we didn't really know a lot about her. Was this discovery of Billy related to uh, Willow? Yes, we found out it was. And that she had somehow, when she lived at the visitor center, under the tutelage of uh, Dr. Max Modine, a fox, uh, who was like using her powers to try to use it in like a, I think to get a better understanding of how they could use powers like hers and hers to be amplified in case humans like were real or returned, you know, depending on what your belief system is, if humans are real or not, or if they ever were real. And then, oh, if they're real, what if they returned or what if they're, you know, they're out there somewhere in a place beyond the swamp as well? 
And if that's the case, uh, we should have, you know, instead of being a community-based value system, we should have a defensive-based value system or an offensive-based value system. And so that's what Dr. Max Modine was doing. uh, But while they were doing that, they they were using Billy Spowers. She found an organic, uh, what we can only see is like a portal to another world that may be its own organic being. And like some beings also have beings within them, or we all do, you know, there's uh, you know, there's different forest friends, microscopic ones that live with me and I carry with me every day. And we live like uh, with one another or I have my own biome. I wish I had said that right away because that sounds so much more friendly. I, I have my own biome and so do you. And this was some sort of uh, biome, possibly, that was like uh, connecting worlds, making a tunnel, making a tower, part of a tower. Very confusing. But somehow within that thing, we, we called it the—we associated it with uh, the Tower of Sorcery, uh, was this goose bunny— we're this big bunny, and now we're wondering. I don't know. There's still a couple of missing pieces, right? Uh, meanwhile, I don't want to. I guess the other stuff I could just tell you in two seconds. Uh, my brother Tefe and Dari teamed up. Oh, they're going to fill you in. I forgot. Uh, we'll catch you up. Uh, so that's what we know. So I could just start where we are. Uh, so Vaughn, Billy, and I had gone back to my house. We had relocated Billy. We had dealt with some bullies uh, from my school. Billy had saved us. It was pretty awesome. Made me fly or made Vaughn fly. I can't remember. There was flying, though, and even a vehicle and so many things. But uh, we returned home because we were exhausted and we cleaned Billy off, and Billy and I were talking, and I was saying, she's Billy, uh, really sorry, because we'd all kind of lost our cool. And I said, I'm sorry I lost my cool. I really missed you, and I really like uh, being your friend, and I really, I guess I really care about you. And Billy said, I care about you, too. And it would uh, like, uh, I don't want to, you know, it's between me and Billy, but we were felt a level of closeness. Um, and I just was like, geez, I was really concerned. And also maybe because I lost, you know, I like, so I felt like the need to apologize and acknowledge that I had caring for Billy. And as we kind of like just held each other's uh, paws and flippers together, Vaughn burst in and Vaughn said, uh, one of our bikes won't stop clicking. I think it's clicking. I think it's clicking SBBS. Not, uh, but whoever's doing it's trying to say it's a LJ. I think saying SBBS. It's LJ. SBBS. It's LJ. So we listened, and it was uh, Vaughn's bike. And because we would communicate with these uh, telegraphs, we had battery powered, solar powered, bike powered telegraphs radio wireless telegraphs uh, so we could talk to each other while we're on bike really handy because you just use your thumb on your bike and it actually vibrates through your whole bike frame 
So you could feel it in her whole body. So you, you we really knew. I guess LJ was excited because LJ was really good at uh, 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 like a telegraph code. And we said, so then we said, what is it? What's it? And then Vaughn, of course, had to say SBBS, question mark, question mark. And then we're, he, again, it was like barred stoppers, barred blockers. What, it, what, uh, Gerard, wait a second, Gerard Bard, bad Bard, Gerard bad Bard are coming, uh, and they said, bad bards are coming, but also Gerard. And we said, that's what it, he said it 14 times in a row or something, those combination of words. And then Vaughn ran upstairs to my house and looked outside and saw these uh, vans pull up. Uh, one was a news van and the other ones uh, were the vans that uh, LJ had seen earlier. Uh, of this organization that's against Bards and Big Bunnies in comic books. And Gerard is a famous investigative reporter who has a show. And this particular season is fixated on how board games make your kids abandon their belief systems and, and take up other belief systems that aren't uh, a little bit, you know, a little very inventive uh, uh, for fiction. But this was real, this Gerard or so we thought. Turns out, no. And so Vaughn ran back downstairs and said, we got to go. It's like, uh, it's, you know, b- bad bards, I think, undercover. And so we said, okay. And then my mom said, what is this hubbub? Uh, and we said, mom, we got to go. We love you. If anybody asks, uh, We'll be at school. We're, we're, at, we're, we're doing a study hall somewhere at the library. Yeah, we're at the library. And as we ran out, we hopped on our bikes. Uh, we pulled out of my house, and uh, I caught my first glimpse of this Dr. Max Modine, a, max, uh, a maximum doctor of uh, moods, I guess. He looked at us, uh, looked at Billy. Billy... And Dr. Max made eye contact, and Dr. Max kind of furrowed his fur, furrowed a furrowy, fur, furrowy, furrowy brow. And then we took off. We have swamp bikes, which are bikes that can go on the ground. They're like a dirt bikes and water bikes. Uh, and, of course, they have the cool telegraphs. So they can go on water and on land, which will be important in a minute because they started to chase us in their vans, which are, you know, gas-powered or electric-powered or whatever, gas-powered, I guess. And But actually, at the same time, Gerard went to my house, and my mom said, are you Gerard from the TV? And then my dad said, that's Gerard from the TV. And Gerard said, I'm Gerard from the TV. Uh, roll the cameras and said, I wonder if you realize uh, your children are playing a game uh, that has, you know, like uh, capitalist overtones. Uh, and uh, they were like, then some of the people, so they split up. Most of them were following us, but Gerard and a team started to tell my parents this whole nonsensical story about bards and big bunnies, which I kind of don't need to get too deep into. Because we were also we were talking to LJ or Vaughn was and relaying it and saying LJ said they're from the 
place beyond the swamp. Uh, and so we started to ride, and then we met up with LJ, and we were trying to take turns and avoid go through trees that were narrow. But, you know, the vans were going fast, so we could only, we were slowly losing ground. And also they had like four vans, so we were like, we're never going to be able to lose them. Uh, but then uh, we we uh, were like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And then LJ said, we'll go into the water like uh, they're vans. Why didn't we think of that? Uh, but we don't want them to think that. So we went on this long roundabout, and then we headed towards the road uh, because we knew we could go left, and then there was this big swampy area uh, that we could ride out our bikes to, and we just w- w- turned to this crank or, uh, you know, depending on your bike model, to, to make these flaps come out on your wheels, and the tubing of the bike's all buoyant, so you could paddle. So we did that uh, right as the vans were about to catch us, and then we headed out in the water, and they all skidded to a stop at the last patch of solid ground. And Vaughn said, ha ha, ha ha. And we said, yeah, it's so cool. And then we were, right as we were about to you know, keep going and pedaling and discuss what we were going to do next, uh, Vaughn looked back and said, oh no. And we heard this sound, these high wind sounds. We saw the backs of the vans open up and these giant turbines pop out of the backs of the vans. And then underneath the vans, these giant, uh, well, they basically became hovercrafts, these giant air bladders. And they started to follow us uh, because they were amphibious, and now they're amphibious vehicles, perfect for the swamp. Uh, and they were very fast. And now we really were out on the open swamp the road was on one side we couldn't possibly ride our bikes up the incline and on our left was a road where one van was still following so we couldn't turn so we were just uh, it was inevitable they would catch up with us and uh, they were catching up and then billy uh, who's riding on the back of my bike i don't know if i mentioned that her arms around me both of us tense uh and I felt Bill, Bill, and then I felt a vibration in Billy's chest, and I was positive that was the song Winds of Change. And as I looked back, the first van that was closest to us, a wind uh, in the back of the van was actually traveling technically by wind power, changed and reversed, and then the van tumbled over itself. But then another van avoided it and got closer to us, uh, but Billy changed the song. Billy was singing to a song known called Wholehearted. And all of a sudden, there just started to appear holes in the air bladder, and it started flapping, and that van just, like, went headfirst into the swamp. And then uh, uh, there was one more van, amphibious van getting close. Uh, that was the one Modine was in, Max Modine, not driving but in the passenger seat, glaring at us. Uh, and Billy sang the song, Can't Stop This Thing We Started. And then the van stopped very quickly, which caused the van to also roll. Uh, but, of course, everybody's, you know, it all will be well, unfortunately for us, because, you know, they were all belted in. But then again, there was still the van running parallel with us on the road, and Billy turned one last time and sang the song, Cream, 
which uh, usually is like, but it's all of a sudden this, uh, the mud underneath the van started to turn to like a creamy mud. It just spun its wheels and that didn't go anywhere. So then we kept going and then we said, okay, where are we going to hide? We got to hide somewhere. Because now we're on, you know, technically we're on the run. And we said, let's hide to the, let's head to the, uh, like, uh, the, uh, what do you call it, station, uh, like, leave tra- a bike trail towards the re- re- transfer station and, and make it look like we hid in the, the transfer station area. And then we went back out on the water. And then we said, well, where are we going to hide? And we said, well, what about, uh, like where they have the uh, where we have the community resource fair, the community fairgrounds. Uh, and we said, okay, yeah, yeah. So we headed there and we got in the tree that you put the acorns in because you do, like it's like a fake tree. It looks very real that you drop your acorns in as part of the community resource festival. And it was a good thing we hit, had it hit, hit out there because then we noticed a, a airship, uh, like a blimp, a uh, Zeppelin that was coming from the place beyond the swamp and circling our town, like looking, uh, assumingly were looking for us. Now, while all this was happening at the resource, at the uh, uh, community resource, like community resource office, our town is run, you know, we have like a, elected leaders but we also have community resource officers you know kind of deal with restorative practices and, and uh you know just keep it keeping the, the to, you know to help watch out uh like an authority i guess and the head of the community resource officers is our friend bull leon leon was just getting there with dari uh, because uh, or with Francis, because Jari and Tefe had got they had had a run in with other community resource officers for damaging, like a mini disc player or something. And they were kind of going through. Uh, there's a little bit of rote work when you first get in trouble as part of our restorative process, uh, like in uh, before you make amends and that kind of thing. You have to do all these critical thinking exercises uh, about what you've done while it's fresh in your mind. And so, like, it's a lot of writing. And also they're asking, why do you have so many carrots? Like, uh, the, the, the other uh, community resource officers, what do you, are these giant swaddling clothes? That was another thing they had. Uh, but then uh, uh, um, Leon and uh, Francis came in, and Leon said, stop the road, uh, critical thinking skills. And they said, but they got to finish. They already started. Well, it's fr-. And Leon said, I need to talk to them. And they said, but this is a scribe process that we go. And, and Leon said, it's, uh, don't worry about it. And then Francis said, this is my... A daughter, you know, we're going through a t- time here. And also, uh, and then everyone else said, well, and Tefe's so great because te- everybody loves Tefe. And uh, they, they then Leanne said, well, I need to talk to two of you in my office. And they said, well, you, it doesn't matter. You won't understand it if we talk to you about it. And they said, Leon, I think they have like 5,000. There's something weird going on. 
And uh, they, they said, you'll never understand. Uh, and Leon said, I want to understand all the sides of this problem, all angles. Uh, and they said, you won't possibly be able to understand it, Leon. Just trust us. Sorry, Mom. We'll just finish our critical thinking skills and go home. And then Leon said, in my office. So they went in there, and then they they were like, uh, they said, uh, he said, carrots? And they said, yeah. He said, for what? And they said, for a giant bunny with a goose head, maybe two. And they kind of explained that they had discovered with Dari underneath the, there was a place underneath the swamp that went to the visitor center, maybe, and down. And it maybe was in another world. There's goop uh, in a giant bunny and a smaller version of our town. Uh, but that they, they were going to use, they said, well, we were going to catch the big bunny because we have, think, we have to believe it has something to do with Willow and Babs, uh, not being around anymore. And yeah, they said, I know it's confusing and I know you'll probably tell us said, uh, you know, but Leanne said, no, no, no. And Francis said, Daria, I need to talk to you. We believe you. But, uh, and they went alone and Francis said, Dari, why'd you go off on your own? Why didn't you tell me? And she said, well, you had a lot on your mind, Mom. And she said, a giant bunny with goose heads? And Dari said, yeah. And she said, you went down there below the swamp uh, to find it? Uh, and she said, well, to find Willow and Babs. Uh, and she said, well, you, you, I'm here to help. Uh, let the adults handle this from here on out, please. You know, I'm an authority in our family, and Leon's an authority in our community, and uh, we'll handle it from here on out. Uh, yeah, but you can help barely. And then uh, Leon said, "Back in my office, like." Uh, and then, right as he said that, uh, a weasel mother came in with her one of the weasel sons that had been bothering us. Uh, and firstly, I said, you handle this, lower community resource officers. But it said, like, uh, then it said, my son was bothered by a duck-billed beaver. And Leon said, well, duck-billed beaver? What? Uh, and uh, she said, yeah, sing songs that made my son do weird things, things that aren't okay, like uh, uh, that song on the radio about, t- like, uh, like, 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 like the whole Jocelyn Elders thing. And Leon said, well, that's natural, perfectly normal. And the weasel mother clearly did not agree with him. And then she said, no, it's not. Uh, and he said, it is, right, Francis? And Francis said, well, I'm here. Because she goes, it's awkward. My daughter, she goes, yes, it is normal. And she said, well, singing a song that controls my son's mind and, and behavior normal? And uh, Leon said, where, where, where's this duck-billed beaver? But meanwhile, Leon and Francis had uncovered that it was a platypus, not a duck-billed beaver. And the kid said, uh, it's hanging out with those who, like, uh, said nice things about me and my friends. Uh, those kids that play dress-up and... Uh, uh, child's games and pretend the, because they get they don't like the audio drama that we make uh, the radio plays or the games they're jealous 
And because we still come to school, like, dressed as our favorite historical characters or historic, you know, novelists or whatever. Or put it, but so whatever. They, so they said, the, the weasel said a lot of stuff about that. But basically said, this, that's who it's with. And then Taffy kind of said, uh, that's my sister you're talking about. it, And now I'm not impressed because, uh. And they said, you're not being nice to Taffy's sister. Everybody there said, oh, boy, you've got a great critical thinking skills uh, to do before you make amends. Uh, and the weasel's moms came in. I, said, I came in for his justice to be restored, not for him to restore any justice. And they said, that's not how it works, ma'am. Yeah, you'll have to sit down. And then Leon said, yeah, you sit down and I'll be back. And then they snuck out the back. Uh, Leon, Francis, Dari, and Tefe. And they headed to Tafe in my house uh, because they said, we got to find your uh, sister. But when they got there, there was uh, like a dr- all the vans were there. Uh, they, I guess they had replacement vans or whatever. Some of them were covered in mud, so maybe two of them were towed. But Gerard was there, and they were taking stuff, and uh, Tafe wanted to go in and get Tafe said, I can get my otter oil. And Leon said, you can't go in there. Uh, they're, they're busted. And we we listened in, and they were telling it to, that we could hear that they told my parents uh, that, like, again, that we were that we were in some sort of, there was some gecko named Gordon who believed that greed was good, and that was the creator of Bards and Big Bunnies. So gecko, Gordon the gecko, and that we, like, uh, and Tefe, and they said that Tefe was the one that introduced us. So then Tefe was uh, uh, like, holy moly. And I, like that, it was about uh, self first and community second uh, and bootstrapping and uh, destiny or something. I don't know. Manifest. I don't know. Like all this stuff. Uh, and that Bards and Big Bunnies was really just about that, and that we may believe in humans and proto-humans or something, and that we believed in amoral behavior, behavior that was neither good nor bad. And obviously my parents were, well, my parents were checked out, so, I mean, in general, my life and my brother's life, so... They were pretty. They were mostly embarrassed, uh, and that Gerard was there, you know, putting them on tape. Uh, but it was all fake. Uh, so even if my parents were listening, to this it'd say Gerard was just a character, disinformation actor hired by the Greater Swamp Authority. Also about the duck-billed beaver was leaving, living in our house. That was upsetting to my parents too. But then they had to brainstorm. They said, we have to track your sister down uh, and uh, her friends. And Tefe said, I think I know a way. Uh, like, uh, would, Francis, can we go back to your house? Dari, like, uh, does uh, does Will have anything in a room that looks like, uh, that you, like, uh, and Dari said, a telegraph? Uh, and uh, Tefe said, yes, a telegraph, the pressy-pressy thing. That's what I was going to say. So they headed back uh, to uh, Francis's house. Now, meanwhile, we were we had uh, like uh, 
kind of uh, like uh, had a, uh, we were stuck in that tube for a while. And then we said, uh, you know, we had uh, some time to talk. The the tube was inside of a fake tree. It was big enough we could all sit in a circle. So we had to make eye contact, but it didn't take long uh, for LJ to say, wow, you really uh, saved us there, Billy. And I guess I was wrong, uh, you know, just saying that you didn't want to help us find Willow. That just is like, a, you know, well, it's a journey we're on together. But I was mostly concerned with finding Willow and uh, had some assumptions and I made an, uh, assumptions about everything. And for that, I'm sorry and I apologize. And Billy said, you know, I used my powers uh, to make you run away and... Uh, uh, and, I, you know, I, like I, I should have, you know, that wasn't okay. And also I used my powers because I didn't want to find Willow because I was afraid that if you knew, like, to be fully seen by all of you. But now that we're sitting in a circle fully seeing one another, Billy didn't exactly say this. I guess I'm putting words in her mouth. But kind of this was the general je ne sais pas, yeah. Was, uh, yeah, that, uh. You know, now that I can, I feel full trust that friends can be friends around one another. So I'm sorry. And they said, I accept your apologies. And then I had to apologize. uh, uh, Like, because they said, well, you know, I kind of took Billy's side over your side. And I, you know, I failed to kind of grasp uh, your side of things, LJ and the weight. And I didn't stay calm. Also, then I had to apologize to Billy again so everybody else would see it because the last apology was private. Then Vaughn apologized kind of to LJ and to Billy. LJ for kind of taking my side more than LJ's and and then to Billy for uh, also getting mad at Billy when she made LJ run away. So, we, you know, it took a while because we were using more of our, you know, I, this is a, like a little bit, I'm like a little bit older now, so I have better use of my words. But uh, but then we heard one of the bikes uh, start clicking because it was like right up against the backside of the tree so we could hear it right through the thing. And we said, T-E-F-E-T-F-A, where are you? This is Tefe. I said, Tefe would never use my... And we said, that doesn't make any sense. And Vaughn said, it's a trick. Uh, it's not Tefe. It's a place beyond the swamp. And we all said, this is very odd. And Tefe said, where are you? Answer us. Uh, and we said, well, they could be listening to the telegraphs. Uh, uh, and then we said, uh, well, how is there any way we could know it's Tefe? And I said, yeah, Tefe is the only person that knows where I hide my diary. Uh, I mean, I, I assume on the planet, uh, definitely in the swamp because my parents never found it. Cause they put us, you know, I have ways of, uh, discovering if my diary has been read and they said, you have a diary. Are we in it? Uh, and that was a sweet moment in the middle of tension. Even Billy got the gist of the fun and said, am I in it? And I said, yeah, you're all in it. Of course. Uh, you know, using the journal as part of my wind-down routine. So uh, we asked F.A., and I'm not going to say it on the air, even though I moved it. Uh, but, well, I guess I said, like, so I put a, 
some cardboard underneath. I made a cardboard shelf underneath uh, my bookshelf on the bottom, up above the molding. So you couldn't see it, but then it would hold. It was just enough to hold the weight. Of, you know, I used tape uh, and some sticks. Uh, so it was like a, a cardboard shelf uh, that I built myself inside the underneath of my bookshelf. You know where the molding, you could, the molding almost goes to the floor, and you could slip your hand into there. Don't know what it was for anyway. And if you just hid your journal on the floor in the back, you know, someone that was sweeping or tying their shoe could see it on the floor or they could reach under if they thought you might have hit it there. But if they're sliding their hand, the shelf would be above their hand. So they'd have to feel around. So it worked, uh, except Tefe found it because Tefe was watching. Uh, like uh, Tefe pulled a trick where Tefe said, prove it we're arguing and then said prove it like it was a trick i didn't realize stuff is bright sometimes so what was the date that we uh like ate all that ice cream and i said it like uh june 7th and tough said no 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 it was june 22nd and then i because i knew because i put it in my diary and Tuffy said well it wouldn't matter because no one would have proof anyway and I said, I have proof. And then Tuffy said, well, get it. If you're right, then I'll pay you. And then, uh, so this was like, I think it was like five acorns, we'll say. So then I went and got my, went to get my diary. But Tuffy pushed open my door as I was reaching for it. And then Tuffy said, okay, five acorns. I'll charge you 15, uh, you know, to leave your diary alone. That was after, like, so after I did that, Tuffy, like, uh, basically diary napped my diary. So, so I said, where do I used to hide, where do I hide my diary? Because it just, it didn't happen that long ago. And Tuffy answered, uh, underneath the bookshelf on a, a fake, fake shelf, uh, left side. And I said, that's it, left side, even... But Vaughn was still like, this is some sort of trick. What if Tefe's with the people from the swamp? We can't trust. I mean, Tefe's not trustworthy anyway. And then we we were going back and forth. And then it, was, it came back that it was Leon. And Leon said, where are you? Uh, we, you know, we want to help. Uh, and then we said, should we tell them or not? And then Billy said, they might be listening. And we said, what are we going to do? And Billy said, answer them, and what I'll do is jam all of the other telegraphs in town, because they're probably listening to all the telegraphs. Uh, and I'll put a different answer of where we are in every other telegraph, and then I'll need a long nap. So as we typed to that one telegraph, uh, you know, we're at the community resource fairgrounds, uh, Billy put in all these different locations. Uh, we actually had to make, it was a longer process than that. We said, hold on. And then we made a long list because Billy, and then we actually had to uh, teach Billy a little bit of telegraph code. Uh, but so we did that uh, and it worked, but it was only, there's only like 35, like, like we could only come up with 35 places. So we knew we didn't have long. We were hoping we said hurry. Uh, 
Because we said, what if they check this one first? So then we said, okay, we'll leave the bikes at the base of the tree. And we'll go hide somewhere else. Uh, so we decided actually to hide in the Ferris wheel, which all the pods were down from the Ferris wheel. So we're hiding in the base of them, watching the tree and waiting. And eventually we heard uh, a van pull up, and it was uh, uh, these people from Bayan the Swamp, with some weasels and some other uh, swamp friends. Not friends, though. And they started walking around the tree, and we said, oh, boy, like they're going to. And then they found our bikes, and we said, oh, no. And we said, as soon as they check that, they're going to check everywhere else. So we were really worried, and Vaughn said, see, it was a trick. Uh, but then we didn't know this, but Leon and Tefe had pulled up, and Leon said, Tefe, uh, what do you got in that uh, bag you carry? Because Tefe carries like a. A bag, like a, he calls it a side kit. It's technically like a purse uh, where he keeps his otter oil and some other like products he uses for his looks. And Tuffy said, what do you mean? And uh, uh, Leon said, there's no way that the tips of your tops, your things are not only shining, but because there's a golden, because you got some like golden and he goes, yeah, Goldorizer. I got a Goldorizer cream. And the chief said, give it to me. And he started to coat these acorns in this gold thing. Because, uh, again, another thing, if you're raised in the swamp at all, is like the idea of finding a golden acorn that uh, the, the most experienced people of our community can leave these golden acorns uh, like the knowledgeable, most experienced members of our community, if you bring them a golden acorn, whether it's someone in your family or, you know, you go to the place where they all live and they get to, to live out their years where we take care of them and bask in their experience and knowledge, you bring them a golden acorn, they'll tell you a story from their life and their experience, a life lesson. But they'll also give you a treat if you're a kid or if you're an adult. Uh, they give you a surprise, and it could be anything. It's usually pretty great, and it really reinforces a lot of positive things. Like uh, people would say, oh, it's manipulative to be nice to the, the most experienced members of our community. But you really burns a pathway where you want to listen to them. And you associate the reward with this other reward that you're getting from the parable, from their real life that they're telling you. So the gold acorns are worth a lot to everybody. So Leon started throwing them, uh, like four or five of these golden acorns that he had made with Tefe's, you know, gold grease or whatever it was called. And so then the weasels that were looking for us saw them and they said, oh, and then they were trying to grab them because they thought, oh, they were left over from the queue. They said, they, oh, it's a smooth move. But as each one like ran after a golden acorn, Leon used, you know, some moves uh, uh, to make them take naps, uh, special naps. And then Leon found us uh, and said, hey, come on, let's go. Before we, And we said, what do you mean? And he said, let's go now. And so we left with him. 
And then, you know, it's, it's probably better. Like uh, I can, like, uh, then we went back and we, it was n- bedtime. So we all went back to Francis and Dari's house. Uh, and we had a sleepover and Leon said, okay, in the morning, we're going to go through where we are and where we need to be and come up with a plan for tomorrow. But for now, let's all rest together. We know all will be well. We know we're going to be here to take care of one another and help one another and help find Willow and Babs. Uh, and we all introduced ourselves. We also hugged one another. This was before we went to bed. I forgot. Like I hugged, uh, Tefe and I said, I met, I said, and Tefe said, I can't believe this. Uh, and I said, I can't believe, uh, you, like, uh, and I said, I missed you. And I said, I missed you too, Tefe. And Tefe said, maybe we should be no more secrets. Huh? And I said, no more secrets. Uh, and Tefe said, have you been hanging out with that duck billed beaver? And I said, then we said, anyway, maybe some secrets. Let's respect each other's boundaries. Well, let's be better friends. Dari and Francis were hugging again. And uh, Francis was very excited to meet Billy. I don't know. It was a very loving moment. Vaughn and Ellen, you know, we did a lot of hugging. uh, And it was nice. And then, uh, you know, we just, uh, like, well, Bull fell asleep very fast. So then we all fell asleep listening to Bull snoring. It was very gentle and nice, and we slept well. Good night.